Welcome to She Hustles Podcast, and I'm your host, Josira Santiago Hines. I'm a registered nurse turned into an entrepreneur, and I'm here to motivate you to finding true happiness and living your best life. I have a guest speaker today, Nurse Tammy, who is a hospice nurse in Michigan. She will be sharing all things COVID-19, sharing her very own story, how to protect yourself, and stand up for your rights as a nurse and healthcare professional. Tammy, I am so excited to have you on She Hustles podcast. Everything that you're doing for nurses and for yourself and speaking up has so, so like just inspired me in so much. The fact that, you know, I was an ICU nurse and I'm seeing all these things that are happening throughout this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And I just, I'm just really excited to have you here to be able to share your story and what's going on and really spread the awareness of this pandemic. So my first question is, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. So I'm Tammy, I'm 35, and I've been a nurse for eight years. Um, I'm currently a hospice nurse and have been for three years, and that has been the only thing that has saved my nursing career. Um, I am a survivor of burnout. Um, I am a survivor of bullying and retaliation, and I am um, somewhat of a whistleblower. Uh, it's kind of just how my history is. I um, I was I grew up working in the emergency department. I've spent a total of seven years there: two as a nurse, five as an ED technician. And um, you know, seeing all of this start to come over to the United States, um, I, I was. I was seeing it as as a crisis situation, I think, before most were, um, just because of my training, all those, you know, biohazard crisis intervention, you know, this is how we do triaging for crisis, and like, I was first seeing all of this happening before it came, so my history, um, I think, has really put me in, in a position to be able to see all different aspects of nursing and, you know, and healthcare professionals too. Cause I know that this pandemic is not, is not just coming at nurses. Like we, it's coming for our environmental services. It's coming for our first responders, our dietary, our, you know, like the people that we, we, we don't always think about. So you know, I think that that's a lot about my background is, you know, I, I have the ability to see this pandemic um, wholly with eyes wide open um, and seeing how it affects all people. So, yeah, so I actually, I'm glad that you said you talked about the burnout and because that's, a, you know, a part of my story. Um, but I would have to say and, and be honest, when I heard that this was happening, you know, as nurses, we're, we're always in the trenches and we deal with a lot of infectious diseases and all that stuff. So when I heard about it, I was like, okay, this is going to be like the swine flu or the Ebola, you know, how like it was, they tried to make it so big. And then all of a sudden it was just like really nothing. So I did downplay it in the very beginning. Um, but, you right. know, as, as the weeks went on and then we went into quarantine, I'm like, okay, this is serious and we need to do something and now the yeah. fact that like New York oh my god I was watching those videos and just like crying seeing that they had to you know order a a refrigerator truck for the dead bodies and yeah. it just it really hurts my heart and it's, it's just insane so I know a lot of people are super scared right now they don't know what to do or some people are still downplaying it they're still outside oh, having parties and all that stuff and it's it's giving me so much anxiety but for those Same. yeah I'm like but for those people who um they're not you're they're not being educated enough or they're not educating themselves about it can you tell us a little bit about what is a coronavirus as they call it the COVID-19 and what are some symptoms have you seen um, with patients or anything Yep. So um, I actually 
am presumed positive. And that started on March 20th. So <clears throat> the coronavirus is a very small virus that has kind of like spines on the outside of it. So it's very grabby. It likes your mucous membranes. It likes the area around your eyes, your nose, your mouth. Okay. So that's why masks, goggles, face shields are so important. Um, it can also um, travel four times in the air. Um, and that is something that has been, you know, it, it, it's something that has been questioned for weeks, right? And then we hear from CDC and WHO that it's, it's not airborne, it's not airborne, but then it's only airborne if it's aerialized or nebulizers or intubations, that kind of thing. Well, I am going to remain on the side of safety and precaution and state that this is an airborne issue, especially if you are in a crowded facility, hospital, areas where COVID or suspected COVID patients are at, it is more of an airborne type of situation. So like for instance, um, there was a recent, like there were news, I think it was, came out yesterday that there was like a group of 45 chorus singers that came together and decided to practice anyways. And like now half of them are sick and two of them have died. The reason why that happened is you have all these people in a room together, they're singing, which causes aerialization. It causes tiny microscopic particles to come flying out of your mouth. And if you're in a closed space, those are going to waft in the air and hang out for a while. So that's one thing that I definitely want people to understand. If you're in a crowded area, you need protection, okay? It can, you know, it can, it can, it's a possibility. So that's one thing I wanted to make sure that I put out there. The other is touching. When you touch things and then touch your face. Um, so you're touching a handle, a door handle, and then you touch your face. Or, um, you know, there's a really great cartoon and it's so funny because it's one of those Cartoon Network, like kind of raunchy cartoons. But imagine you're sitting on a bus and you have special eyewear right and you can see germs on people's hands and you see somebody cough on their hand or wipe their nose and then they grab the bus um the bus bar right they're holding onto the bar while they're riding the bus so then a mom is holding onto that same bus handle and she grabs the bar and then she sees her kid has a crumb on his face so she licks the finger that was on the bar <laughs> and then licks and then wipes her kid's face off with it. So imagine you're sitting there watching this germ go from this guy that coughed to a bar to this woman's hand that she licked and then put to this kid's face. Like that, that is what's so scary is that you literally could do, you could touch anything and, and, and transfer it. Um, so for me, the, for me, my symptom, I, I went to the pharmacy to get my Xanax because I needed a refill. I knew I was getting low and I didn't want to be left without because I had been using it quite a bit in the last week. So I called around to two different places, to, to different places, multiple places did not have it. They were on, like they had a delay and I wouldn't get it until the next week. So I called around to two other places and found a place that was local. I went there to pick up my prescription and saw a friend. That friend I have not seen in two years. She has kiddos of her own. She was there to get pulse ox um, because she has a cardiac baby at home. So she was very scared. We did not touch each other. We were very cognizant of, you know, six feet away. Hi, I love you. Please stay safe. And then we parted ways. Fast forward seven days. Both of us have fevers. Both of us have shortness of breath. Both of us have had 
coughs and sore throats. So what happened when we were at the pharmacy? We didn't touch each other, right? But what did happen was we were in the same area as each other. We were at the pharmacy counter. Who knows if somebody coughed or sneezed or anything in that area, even you know five minutes before. If it's staying in the air for three hours, possibly, how do you know? The other is did the guy who checked us out because we both had a guy checking us out who was wearing gloves. So did he get, you know, and I know that they're trying and people are trying to be proactive at protecting themselves, but they don't understand the contamination risk with wearing gloves like that too. So like he could have touched somebody that was infected, then touched my stuff, even though I alcoholed and I did everything that I could do to keep myself safe. And I still ended up presumed positive. So typically your signs and symptoms are going to show between 24 hours and like two weeks. They honestly say it can take up to two weeks for your symptoms to start. What I have seen a lot of people state is low-grade fever to begin, sore throat. Some start off right with a cough. Um, when your fevers become higher, that's when we start getting a little more nervous. Low-grade fevers are okay. They're your body's fighting mechanism working. And so for me, I've had a fever now for 11 days. 11. Very frustrating. Um, I've only taken Tylenol a handful of times because I found even when I take the Tylenol, my fevers tend to more spike than they do come down. It's a very weird, so I just, I've been letting my body do what it needs to do. Um, other signs and symptoms I have seen are the loss of smell and the loss of taste. And that's because of those spiny little little guys, they grab up into your olfactory nerves and they shut them off. So now you're not smelling and tasting things. Um, and that was pretty common. Some people are showing without fever. That's the scary part. You have the people who are asymptomatic and they're just walking around like vectors and don't realize it. Um, I've also seen GI upset, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, loose stools, um, malaise, lethargy, aching, body aches. So um, there's a lot of different ways that this can present. And so it's really important that if you're feeling off at all, start isolating yourself away from the people that you, away from everybody that you can, to be honest. We want to, I mean, I've been in isolation now from my children for nine days. I've been away from them. I don't touch them. They say good night from the door. You know, it's my husband sleeps out on the couch. He comes in and feeds me <laughs> and brings me food and drink and snacks. But like, it's not easy. It's not easy, but I'm being proactive and taking responsibility for myself so that I can protect others. So I think that that's a really important thing to think about. So that, that kind of sums up like the common symptoms, but I've heard that these fevers can last for a long time. Wow, Tammy, you are so strong. The fact that you're on this podcast and you currently have a fever and you're not feeling great, like you are freaking amazing. And I can imagine how tough it, it is to not be able to hug your children, hug your your husband. And, and literally, because we both deal with anxiety, we know how important it is for touch. And the fact yes. that you have to quarantine yourself to be able to you know, keep your family healthy. It's, it's, it's crazy. And this is why we're telling you to stay the fuck home. Stay home. Yes, people, <laughs> stay home, please. I've had so many people come at me like, do I need to, what about, what if I'm a single mom and I got to take my kid to the store? And I'm like, you have friends, don't you? Do you have a friend that you can call and, and, and they can take your money and they can go to the store and pick up what you need. Don't send your kid to the store with you, please. Don't go to the store because you're bored at home and you wanna do a house project. I get it. 
but that paint is non-essential and you are literally endangering yourself and other people by going out and just being out in in the public with others it it's so i'm not trying to at anybody i'm not trying to call anybody out or shame them but i really hope that people start seeing how detrimental it is to literally like i went to a pharmacy that's all that's all I did. I was quarantined the whole rest of my time. I was at home for a week before that with my kids alone, like trying very hard to stay safe, keep everything clean, clean everything, keep myself hygienic, my kids. And I still, I go to a pharmacy and there it is. I went out in public and I had, it was, isn't it, it was an essential trip for me. And so that's the scary part. You have all these people going out for non-essentials. You're increasing your risk. Stop. But yes, anyway, sorry. No. <laughs> stay we home. get into tangents to like, stay the fuck home. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I know a lot of people as they are, they're scared. And especially with social media, things being shared and they just don't know what yeah. to do and how to protect themselves. Um, do you have some advice for people who are fearful? Um, how can they protect themselves throughout this uh, coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, so our people that are not healthcare providers, um, a really good way that you can help is by, you know, kind of looking for the helpers and seeing if you can help them. So your your medical personnel, your healthcare provider, your local public health person, your community health person, your first responder friend. These are the people that really need support right now. And even if you can't physically donate something or find them a mask, um, you can reach out and ask if you can do anything for them. You can tell them you're there. You can listen to their stories. Um, to protect yourself as a lay person, a person who is not um, in the medical field, the who is throwing around that we all need masks. And I know that we are desperate to get N95s to our hospitals, but I would not be, um, you know, I wouldn't be mad if we started seeing these handmade masks that are popping up a lot that our, you know, our communities start wearing them too, because it does protect from that droplet exposure you're covering your mouth, you're covering, you know, it, it decreases the chance. And so I do believe that masks will help all involved, but I want to say that very hesitantly because of the fact that our hospital systems really need this equipment or we're going to quite literally crumble. Um, and if we crumble, then we can't help anybody out in the public. So I, you know, I, I say that and then I cringe because yes, I want everybody to be safe, but don't go out and buy all the N95s. If you have N95 masks that are unused, please find a nurse, find an aide, find an environmental, you know, services person or somebody who is an essential worker in the hospital or in the community and offer them an N95 because that is going to protect them. And it'll make you feel a whole lot better that you helped protect them. Another thing that I've told people sitting at home, get loud, start talking, and be the voices of the people who can't speak up. Because there are so many of us who are terrified to bring up these concerns. We're being retaliated on, we're being, threatened to lose our jobs, we're being suspended without pay, we're being sick, we're, we're becoming ill, we're being intubated, and some of us are dying. So this is, you know, this is pertinent that um, we try to help as much as we can. Start reaching out to companies that you think might be able to help make a shield, or um, start asking friends if they want to do a sewing group where you guys share different mask designs and see if there are hospices or home cares that might need those masks, facilities that might need those masks. Um, 
another thing that I have been saying is sign petitions. There are tons and tons and tons of petitions. A lot from the National Nurses United, which I think is probably one of the strongest leaders right now, speaking for us as nurses and healthcare providers on safety, because they are basically um, in the, Cal most of their nurses are in the California area. So they've been hit hard. They've, they see the crap that's coming from the CDC and they're not taking it. So fill out these petitions, share them, um, share GoFundMe's that you are seeing being shared on your social medias. Share those things um, because sharing helps. It may not be dollars in there, but eventually it might be, you know, to, to just share that information with others. Um, I do want to say as a healthcare provider, let's switch over now. If you are a healthcare provider, a first responder um, in the community or public health spectrum, you need to be protected. You need to be a priority. Your life matters. This is also to our death services. These are our funeral directors, our cremation experts, our people picking up these, these bodies that have died because of this pandemic in great numbers. We need to be protected across the field. And we have, very fortunately, um, we are being heard. We are. And that's the only thing I can really grab onto right now and, and say hallelujah to is that the Joint Commission finally heard that we need, we need permission. My God, we need permission to protect ourselves, which is absolutely asinine. So for the past like two to three weeks, I and, and many other nurses, the whole life nurse uh, or whole life nurse, sorry, um, and uh, uh, Talk 30 to me and Nurse Sonia have been screaming, wear your damn mask. Wear the N95 you found that you scrounged for. Wear it and dare them to take it off of you. Now that the Joint Commission has released permission to allow you to bring in outside PPE if you do not feel protected, feel that's an important part, okay? Because a lot of them are going to say, well, we're following guidelines. If you do not feel protected, you have the right by joint commission to bring in your own personal protective equipment. P or N95s, N99s, P100s, re um, respirators. Protect yourself as much as you can, okay? And what I suggest you do, if you have any sort of kickback, or feel that you might have kickback is go to the Joint Commission's statement. I have it listed on my Instagram. I have the link um, saved in my notes. I can share it with anybody who needs it. Print that off, save it on your phone. And when somebody comes at you about taking off your mask, you show that shit to them and say that the Joint Commission has my back and they want me protected. They cannot fire you. They cannot retaliate against you without getting, getting reprimanded for it. So that is where we're at. And we need to hold on to those little pieces of gold that we're being given. That is a little piece of gold. It is not an answer. It isn't. It isn't an answer for any of this crap that is coming down the line. But it is a little piece of gold that we can hold onto and maybe grow from. So, what this tells me is that our voices matter, and and the more we, as a whole, as a nation, not just healthcare providers, as a nation, see this as the crisis that it is, then we will start climbing that wave that wave will get bigger and bigger and bigger before it comes crashing down on this government that is quite literally fucking us so we have to keep the pressure on we have to keep the fight on and i have recently apologized because 
I know that I have a lot of people who deal with anxiety. And I know that every time I post something about COVID-19, um, I'm causing somebody triggers. And that is not my intention. My intention is to keep the fires roaring. Because if, if we start feeling silence, then that's when we're really in trouble. We've already lost Kios Kelly. We've already lost numerous nurses, doctors, AIDS, EMS, pand I know we had a paramedic that's fighting for her life. I don't know her status. It's absolutely horrendous. And it's, it's, it's necessary. And like I said, you know, if I trigger you, I apologize. Um, but I'm doing it to save lives. And, um, and so to me, that is my most important goal right now. Yes. But yeah, I think, saving, yeah. Yeah. Saving lives is, is the most important thing right now. I can understand what you're saying is that when you share it, people are getting anxiety, but it's definitely something that I love that you're continuing to do it because we need to fight for ourselves and fight for our nursing community and our entire community. Cause as you can say, you know, the government, like, I feel like they knew about this a very long time and they did not yes. prepare anyone for it. So you talked a little yes. bit about, you know, what nurses should be doing and what they should be fighting. But for the community who are not healthcare providers, they don't know what's really going on in the hospital. Can you share with us what are the major issues that are happening right now in healthcare? Yes. So the major issues we have is that we have these, um, these entities called the CDC, Centers of Disease Control. And basically, they are, their director is Robert Redfield, okay? If you looked up Robert Redfield, um, you would see that his past is speckled with shit. He, um, in the 70s, when the HIV epidemic was rampant in the military, he left military personnel dying without treatment and quite literally um, discharged them unhonorably and allowed them to, to suffer through a full-blown AIDS death. And that is the truth. And if you looked up, um, you know, there's a really good uh, little video clip. You know, everybody thrives off these informatic videos. Now this, has a really good one on Robert Redfield. It's very informative. And it kind of shows you where his, his mental, why the CDC is saying the things that they are, okay? So if we rewind about a month ago, CDC and WHO, we're all on the same page. We need N95 masks, a shield, plastic gowns, gloves, shoe booties. And the one thing they forgot is a hair bonnet because that shit is necessary too, okay? Then the next week, I started seeing a bunch of nurses posting photos of themselves in surgical masks stating we're following CDC guidelines for our COVID unit. And that hit me in the gut. What did they just say? So I went to the CDC and I shit you not, everything that I had screenshotted two days, three days, a week before was gone. And there was a completely new policy. And basically what these policies are saying is yes, N95s and shields and gowns and gloves are awesome and that's what we need to protect ourselves but since we don't have those we think it's okay if you just wear a surgical mask that was the first step that was incorrect it's not right and it and it immediately endangers and puts people at risk the second thing they did literally like three days later was oh we don't have you know the n95s are gold that's what we want and if you have a surgical mask, 
that's okay. That's our second best. But third best friends, just bring in your scarf and your bandana. You guys, my medical friends, my non-medical friends alike, please. And if you hear my kiddos in the background, they're having tickle torture right now <laughs> behind the doors. So, <laughs> um, But please, if you are a non-medical friend, I want you to see this from our standpoint. Um, we see the CDC as dumbing down their policies in reflection to supplies. Supplies. This is not a protective measure. This is a supply issue, okay? Now, here we are all over the nation ramping up supplies, right? Everybody and their mom is trying to make a shield and masks, and I get it. It's awesome. The supply will come. I know it will. But the problem that we were seeing, and you, and most of that was in the last two weeks, was ever since that damn suggestion about bandanas and scarves came down, hospitals pulled most of their PPE from their units and locked them away and said, no, you cannot. And this is what the CDC says. We're following the CDC guidelines. They, in all due respect, and this is my opinion, and it does not mean that everybody believes the same. But in my opinion, the CDC and even, you know, part of me wants to say who too. CDC is protecting our organizations, our facilities, our hospital systems. They're protecting the administrators the ones that are making ridiculous amounts of money and hiding in their yachts in, in Florida. These people do not deserve protection. And they will, my friends, I promise, be, be slammed with lawsuits after this because there have been loss of life there have been there has been illness there has been loss of jobs it is and there have been direct retaliatory events that have happened because of all of this and mark my words those people those execs those administrators those hospitals will not come out of this the same they will not because that wave will hit them once the general public starts seeing that these big wigs and ties are literally sacrificing their family, their friends, their neighbor that has to quarantine in their tent outside. Like this is, we need our public, our lay person, our moms sitting at home wondering how they can help our, you know, just start preaching, just start preaching. Look into these stories that are coming out. I know they're hard to read, but it's really what's happening. And we quit telling us that, that we signed up for this. Don't, don't tell us that we're doing this because that's what the CDC said. We, most of your, 100% of your medical personnel, your healthcare personnel, have had some kind of microbiology class, right? They all have. They've all been science. They've all been in science. They've all learned about microbiology, and many of them have learned about pathophysiology. We understand this. So please take heed to what we are saying. Please understand the crisis. And, and it's, you know, the more I talk, the more I have laypersons reaching, and I don't say laypersons as a bad thing. I mean, non-healthcare workers reaching out and saying, thank you, I was able to do this. I was able to donate this many masks. I was able to reach out and get food to some healthcare workers. I went and did a grocery trip for my friend who's in quarantine. So there's lots of things you can do to help. But I think the most important thing is to understand that we are fighting because we are being seen as martyrs and we are not martyrs. No nurse signed up to be a martyr. Um, 
we didn't we deserve the protection so that's what i wish the layperson would see yes oh my god tammy everything that you just said it really hurts my heart to be able to like seeing on social media a nurse died a doctor died or someone just lost their job and because they wanted to protect themselves and they they couldn't and yes. it's it I'm thinking of myself if I was still an ICU nurse and if my manager told me that I needed to go into a COVID patient without a mask, I would quit as well. Because just yes, like that, we did not, we did not sign up for this. We signed up yes. to to care for patients, but not to like not be able to protect ourselves while we're taking right. care of patients. There isn't gonna yes. be nurses or doctors or anyone to help these people if we're not protecting ourselves. Exactly. And I want to show, you know, the world understands TB, right? Tuberculosis. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of people understand that if you have TB, TB, you have to be in isolation and there are N95s, there's negative pressure isolation rooms because that can be airborne, right? It's airborne. So imagine a nurse going into a TB room without her mask that is the equivalent we're looking at right now because this virus is so new the virus is mutating i mean come on that's there's not even a question of that you know it's we we can't definitively say that it's not airborne if we're still questioning that it's airborne so if if you can imagine a nurse walking into a TB room without a mask. That's how you should imagine a nurse walking into a COVID room without a mask. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. But yeah, I, I'm with you in my heart. This is why I can't shut up. It's why I'm, you know, I, I told my friend the other day, I'm like <laughs> throwing all these F-bombs out. And I was like, you know, I think... I think I lost all fucks at this point. I really don't care. I'm so angry. My heart is so broken and I'm trying so hard to keep it together with any kind of action I can do. So. And we need oh. people like you to use your voice, especially with thinking like, you know, with us having anxiety, we, we have anxiety, but we're like, we're still fighting. And even though we're like going yes. crazy internally, we're like, no, we have to fight for ourselves and fight for our community. Um, so I'm so inspired yeah. by, by your fight and, you know, being able to like, you're quarantined yourself and you're not feeling right, but you're like, no, we have to fight. And I'm so inspired. Um, I did have a question for those yeah. who are non- healthcare workers who are trying to, you know, stay healthy, um, they know mm -hmm. that they should stay home and they know that they should wash their hands. And we talked about mm -hmm. with gloves, gloves are actually not a really good thing to be using at this point. Cause just yeah. think about, you have the gloves on, you done touched your phone, you touched whatever in the market, yeah. touching your face and it's just better to wash your hands. But is there yeah. any ed other advice that you would give, um, literally anyone to help you know improve yeah. their immune system or anything like that what can they do well um stay hydrated vitamin c has i've heard has been a great thing to just you know take some vitamin c um and an important thing is if you still are going out of your home for any kind of essential travel so you have to go to the store or anything of that nature um okay so what i would suggest is first um, make sure your home is clean and safe so disinfecting um fine i have a really awesome um i can't remember the brain seventh or seventh generation antiviral antibacterial like lavender spray that i've been spraying on door handles on the toilet handle um you know, it, when wherever I was, I was spraying that, cleaning it. I had the boys cleaning things in the home, just keeping things very clean. The, the areas we touch a lot, um, light switches, those kind of things. So when we start sanitizing the areas that we are very commonly cleaning, we're helping, okay? So that's important in your home. Now to keep your home clean, something that I would do is A, bring some disinfecting wipes or a spray bottle 
that you can use in your car because you want to be able to clean your 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 car your car should be a clean space too but you have to think you're going in and out of areas so you're going into the store which is not a clean area um, you're in with around other people so when you come back to your car um, you know that's the time where you disinfect yourself so disinfect your hands disinfect your steering wheel your phone um, wipe down the handle that you touched on the side of your car you know disinfecting is very important disinfect your radio your knobs your heater like your drive stick your you know all the different things that you touch in your car very important to clean and disinfect okay another thing is hand sanitizer um, sanitize those hands when you get out of your car before you walk in to get that shopping cart if you're getting a shopping cart you need to wipe down the shopping cart either with your sanitizer that you brought or the sanitizer that hopefully they still have at the grocery store. Um, wipe it down so you're not transferring anybody else's gunk from your hands from the cart to yourself. Um, while you're going through the grocery store, only touch the things you need. Only touch the things you need to touch. Don't touch your face. Try not to touch your phone. And if you do touch your phone, be cognizant that you need to clean it when you get back out to your car. Um, not touching your face is huge. If you want to wear like a fabric mask, go for it. Um, please just, you know, that's mostly to protect others from you though. So keep that in mind. Like if you're wearing, you know, just like a handmade or sewn mask, that's wonderful. Protect people from you. That's basically what that mask is for. Um, now, when you're coming back to your house, it's important to remember that you have been in the contaminated area outside of your home, right? So again, we're going to take our shoes off before we come inside. We're going to disinfect them. We can spray them down with your disinfectant spray on the top and on the bottom. Let them chill outside for a little while. Um, I would take the clothes off that you have worn out and done things with, put them in the washing machine, take a shower before you even go and hug anybody, hold on to anybody, or give kisses. I literally feel like we need to, we need to take this very seriously. And so these little things, these little trips that we do that are essential, we also need to protect ourselves and make sure that we're not, you know, if somebody bumps into you in, in the store or, you know, you rubbed up against some pole and now it's on your shirt, you know, there's things like that. It's an invisible, invisible entity. And so we have to be cognizant that it could be anywhere. Um, so, you know, disinfect your shoes, wash your clothes, um, take a shower. It's important if you are, um, you know, out that you're washing your hair too. Um, keeping the non-porous areas clean, like your plastics, your um, countertops, your, you know, just any area that is touched. And, you know, those are the areas that can have lasting viral load up to, you know, hours or days if not cleaned. Um, so that's where we need to start focusing is keeping our home as a safe and clean place and then knowing that us as outsiders coming in we're dirty and we need to clean right so it's just something that i've been trying to tell people because people are scared and i totally understand if you have to make essential trips make them all in one day make it you know if you have to go to the pharmacy and the grocery store First of all, see if your pharmacy will deliver. Mine did, and it took two days to come to my mailbox. Um, see if you can get groceries delivered, or do, um, if they're still allowing it, I don't know, some places aren't doing like Instacart, or um, doing like where you can have them shop for you and you pick it up. You know, try, try doing the things that keep you out of the public space as much as possible. Um, if you're home and you're sad and you need to talk to somebody, start FaceTiming. Um, reach out to people. 
um, if you're home and non-medical and, you know, I just want you to know that you matter too. And don't take anything that we are saying as medical professionals as, um, as that you are not important. You're all very important and we want you all to be so safe. And, you know, I think one important thing I, I want to bring up is that, you know, people who are non-medical, so you're staying in your home, but maybe your dad wants to come visit you, right? Or you have two friends that have been quarantining themselves and they want to come over and come visit you. Um, please be cognizant that that is opening your safe space to outside contamination. We are, we're supposed to be, you know, staying in our homes with our immediate family that we live with. Um, I'm a scared healthcare provider that when I go back to the field, if I ever get off this quarantine, <laughs> when I go back to the field, um, I've considered living with somebody who doesn't have children so that, and it's just me and her. And we both know that we would be contaminated because we're both hospice nurses. So, you know, we all both have the same kind of mechanism. We walk in that house, we shower, we disinfect everything and we can be in each other's presence knowing that if we are contaminated, at least we're not contaminating somebody who isn't safe, you know? Um, so just, I've seen, I've seen even healthcare providers having five, six people over, having drinks, hanging out, please stop, please. That's five people you have invited into your home that are possible sources of contamination. We have to be cognizant of ourselves and be respectful to everybody else and hold ourselves accountable for what we could be ultimately, which is vectors. You know, that's, that's the main point. I keep flying back to healthcare professionals and I'm sorry. Um, but our non-healthcare, I, I really, I can't stress enough. Keep your home a safe, safe place, a clean place. And, and don't feel like you're in a helicopter mom or like you're, you're, you know, OCD about it. This is the time to be that way. It's okay. A germaphobe is what you need to be right now. Yes, so much yeah. Tammy. Thank you for sharing your story and fighting for our healthcare professionals and just just being so inspirational and motivational through this whole crazy pandemic. Um, that was all the questions I have, but if you want to end off with anything that you want, some inspiration, um, whatever it yeah. is, you want to end off with, Tammy. Yeah, so um, I just want everyone to understand how valuable you are as a person just as a person okay you are extremely valuable and then for our healthcare providers you add on that notch of having the knowledge to be able to help people who do not have healthcare backgrounds okay we are the most valuable entity in our lands right now. Um, and, and I say we not just, and that's not just me, that is every healthcare provider, first responder, public health, community health, like I've said in the past. Um, are, these are the people that are, are holding our hospitals together right now. Um, you matter and your fight and your voice and our voices together are making differences. They are making change. They are causing people to wake up. They're, they're, every media source that I have been in contact lately, all they wanna do is share your story. They want to share your story because you matter and your story matters and this silencing of our healthcare professionals in this crisis is absolutely absurd. We should be heard, we are important. So please, even if you feel like giving up today, that's fine. Go take a bath, 
go outside, walk, take a hike, be by yourself, like be, be cognizant. You're not going out to Central Park and hanging with a bunch of people or some bullshit. Like I'm just <laughs> putting that out there. Just, you know, go do something for you to re refocus yourself and find what's important. If you feel lost, if you feel like you can't do anything, stop, stop, pull it back and find the little bit that you can do. And even those small actions can make you feel better. The only reason my anxiety is not through the roof today is because I have taken action. I've put my voice out there. Um, I've helped others find their voice too. And I want to continue that push. Your voice matters. Keep speaking up and make sure, one last point, make sure that your mental health is number one on that plate right now, friends and fam. Number one, this crisis will cause significant amounts of PTSD, depression, depression, and anxiety. There is a huge mental health crisis about to implode in our nation. Please take that mental health and hold it as high as it deserves to be held. You deserve to live without this crushing anxiety. If you are taking medications um, on a daily basis as um, like an overall depression medication, and you're taking your as needed, your PRNs, your, your Xanax every so often and more frequently, know that you may need more of your basic, your everyday anxiety, depression medication, and that's okay. Reach out to your doctor and talk to them. The only way we can help you with your mental health is if you reach out. So that's important. I want you to know your mental health matters, your voice matters, you matter, and don't let anybody tell you you don't. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Tammy, for all your knowledge and, again, your inspiration. If you would like to connect with Tammy, all her information will be in the show notes. If you feel that you need a voice, Tammy is going to inspire you to do that. So check her out. If you love this episode, let me know, girl. Slide into my Instagram DM. Tag me that you're listening to this episode and say, Josira, I love this. This was super helpful. It's literally the way that I know what content to create for you. So show me love and don't forget to tag me. I would love to connect and talk with you. Thank you so much for listening. If there are any special topics you'd like me to go over, please don't hesitate to email me at josirafitness at gmail.com and make sure to drop a review and subscribe. Have a blessed day.